Welcome to the Natural Running Network, the information resource for athletes that are trying to get it done and get it done right. My name is Richard Diaz. I'm your host. Sit tight, grab a cup of coffee, and let's do this. Okay, so there are some of you that are going to just get this in audio, and then there are some of you that are going to be blessed with the ability to see two fine-looking gentlemen on screen and discussing what I hope to be a bit of a review of my book, Training the Dark Side. And I don't even know if I should call it a book. It's more like a training guide, right? Would you think, Larry? I would say so. Yeah, it's 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 a, the first part of it is a book, you know, because it's a kind of a reiteration of, as you say, things that you shared in the past. But the, the last part, which is where the real magic is, is, uh, is, is a guide. It's a guide. It's not a set of rules. Um, and it's meant to be absorbed and then tailored and you know to help you and to help me you know with my with my running and workouts and stuff so right now i'm following the guide in the 30-day plan that you gave gave us and uh and once i've gotten through that then i'll i'll start to tweak it because i'm you know it's still early in the season i got a long way to go before my first race well let me just share a few things uh first of all as you probably gathered from the book and I, and I reiterated over and over and over again that I didn't want people to follow a script. Mm-hmm. And that works for some and is very difficult for others. And after having written the book, I thought, well, you know what? There's that A personality that really mm-hmm. likes to be told exactly what to do. Yep. And that's what the 30-day plan was about. Yep. So I'm glad that you followed the 30-day plan or have been following it anyway because you get that sense of things. Now, in the 30-day plan, what I try to do is show how you would um, portion out various aspects of your intensity and you know take into account various types of terrain, things like this, and just give you, a, okay, here's what to do. Now, in truth, and this is just my opinion, you could you know tell me what you think about it. It's really difficult to just follow, okay, five minutes here, 10 minutes there, five minutes there, five minutes there, 10 minutes there. You'd almost have to, you know, like a quarterback, you have to have this this game plan on your sleeve to be able to follow it. And so I would say that if I was going to be critical of my own work, it's that. I would be very critical of that. But again, it, it was never intended to be a script where you just like, okay, do this, do this, do this, do this. What I really intended was for someone to start to develop a relationship with a renewed perception of their efforts. And okay. uh, I, I talked about perception, I think, in, in great length in the book and, and the problems that exist with poor perceptions. Yep. But, um, you know, here you are, you're basically a guinea pig. You've been doing the work and, and uh, there are others, mind you, there are many, many others that are doing the work. And I get yeah. feedback every now and then, just kind of little quips, people saying they loved it, you know, or whatever. But uh, at the end of the day, you're, I know you're very studious about the work and you've been very, very, you know, anal about approaching it. So I thought it'd be fun to get your opinion on it. So please, sure. let me shut up and let's hear your words from it. Yeah. So I, I, I'm the armchair quarterback guy. And yeah, I put it on a little slip of paper. I stuff it into my spy belt so that I can pull it out while I'm running and I can just, you know, lap through on my Garmin as I do each, you know, one minute, five minute thing. And, and it works fine without, without having to stop. So, uh, totally, totally cool with that. And, and again, uh, yeah, the first 30 days is going to be prescriptive for me because I'm, I'm going to learn this stuff. I'm learning the icons. I'm learning the flows. I'm learning the principles of the, uh, the waxing and the waning of the, of the thing. And reconciling that with my perceived effort, uh, but um, after that, I love to freestyle. Okay, so this thirty-day plan will go out the door, and I'm going to start to create my own because this, you know, for a lot of reasons, one, I love to do that. I've always been doing that my whole life in in training. Um, but uh, let me take that back. I haven't been very good about training, but with this, I will call it training because now it's 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 there's science behind it. I was just working out and breaking things before that. So, uh, so this, this is going to be really good. I'm excited to finish up the first 30 days and then kind of see what happens, what I can make of it and, and, you know, reach the goals that I'm after this year. So the, the thing that I tried to impart, and I guess 
the global consideration that I'm trying to push in this is that I think the nature of segregating work is just a mistake. And I get it. It's like very, it's very fundamental. It's very rudimentary to, you know, separate different factions of your work on various days and for various lengths of time or distance, and then marry it all together and hope that, you know, at the end of the week or month or season or whatever, it ends up putting you in a better place. Yeah. And I think that there's uh, some shortcomings in that, that approach in that, First of all, if you, you know, as traditionally people will, they talk about base season where they're, they're in their base, you know, and they're going to spend 10 weeks just staying as aerobic as possible for those 10 weeks. And right. then, okay, we've achieved that base development. And so we're going to move into more intensity. So physiologically, your body doesn't respond like that. It doesn't say like, we've got this now. <laughs> so let's build on that and keep that, right? Because... Yeah. As you shift away and the intensity gets greater, you start to depart from the development of the aerobic conditioning that you that you created. So you yep. swap one thing for the other thing. You don't get to keep them all together and you become just greater and greater as an athlete. And right. I think that this is one of the principal errors that people make in, in training, in my opinion. And so I, I made the analogy, and I've used it in other podcasts and conversation with people, is you try to imagine that it's a function of, energy, the energy you consume and the energy you expend. You don't take the energy in, you can't put the energy out. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, energy from a food concern, you know, taking on carbohydrates, taking on proteins and taking on fats, pretty much everybody knows those are the three substrates you require in order to develop good nutrition. And so that being said, you would never think in terms of, okay, Monday's my carbohydrate day, and Tuesday's <laughs> gonna be my fat day, and Wednesday's gonna be my protein day. I've and never you hope done that, that at the end of yeah, you hope that at the end of the week, because you got everything you needed, that that, <laughs> that's not balanced nutrition in my mind. Right. So taking it a step further and looking at it from a training perspective, you know that you're gonna need speed, you know that you're gonna need endurance, you know you're gonna need power. And to suggest that if you segregate these processes over the course of the week and hope by the end of the week that all kind of gels together and becomes, you know, uh, complete, I'm not terribly convinced that that doing so is a better way. Uh, well, that, that 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 example is is one of three things in the book that that completely grabbed me because it just became painfully obvious when you mentioned the thing about eating the foods on certain days and certain foods. And I'm like, no, of course I don't do that. But wait a minute, I am doing that with my running. I am segregating with a very linear periodization, as you call it, you know, in your book, um, with a lot of great science behind it. And I've been doing it for years and, and it's worked really, really well for me. But was it, was it well enough, you know, and that's why it, it, the other thing in the book that, that tweaked me was, uh, you know, I, I also practice martial arts. And so when you mentioned the Bruce Lee, you're going to race like you train, train like you race. Well, sure. But I don't know how to do that other than getting my ass out on the Palmerton and going up down a mountain carrying heavy stuff, you know, and that's not available to me. So how can I do that? Um, one of the ways that I was trying to do that on my own was I do these things called playground runs. So I'll just run around and around my my elementary school playground and stop every few minutes and do something on a, on a jungle gym, you know? Uh, but again, just making it up as I went along. Um, and the, the other thing that you mentioned there, you know, it was again, going from the linear to the nonlinear periodization training. And, you know, that, that's, that's where I started years ago with, uh, with Jeff Galloway's approach, you know, the run walk, uh, yeah. which, was was nice. My my wife does it, it and it works wonderfully for her. So that's that's how I started running again eight years ago. That was my bucket list thing. Hey, let's go do a half marathon. But the problem was, Rich, I I kept getting hurt throughout the last you know not up until two years ago when I went to your clinic. I was getting hurt with all kinds of stuff. You know, all the time for six years, six seven years straight. So once you helped me fix the mechanics then I could start to run with confidence and injury free and, and, and feel better about, you know, 
putting more load on. So that's why I felt totally confident in stopping my base training where I was right now, my phase one all aerobic training for, I was, I guess I was about four weeks into it. And I, I read the book and I stopped cold and went right to this. Cool. And I have no adverse effects from doing that at all. I've, I've actually increased my mileage by a hundred percent. The intensity, you know, is just way up there. Everything is that I thought was going to hurt me. It's not, it's, it's, it's working. Well, so the other consideration is, and I, and I kind of alluded to it earlier, is the perception. And yeah. so, um, obviously enough, you have to be educated in order to develop this, what I called essentially revised perception. Because mm-hmm. I've, you know, I see people, as you know, it's been years since I've seen you, and I've been doing the same thing since I've seen you, and hopefully learning each time I, I, I go about my work. But I'll sit there watching people and I'll say, you know, move like this. And they think they are. And I have to show it to them on video to show it to convince them that, in fact, they're doing something quite different than what their perception was telling them they were doing. And so this false this false narrative, this this uh, being confused, really, about what they're actually doing has to be corrected. And yeah. so I, I try to take the time early on to explain what proper running mechanics might look like. And, yeah. and, and not only just explain what it is, but explain that in, in absence of uh, a, a revised perception of your movement, it's not going to make any difference because you could think you're doing something and it turned yeah. out to be some, something completely different. And so oh. I, I, I think that was a big deal. And then understanding heart rate. You know, I mean, some people feel like they're aerobic when in fact they're not. So you need to kind of, you you have to come to grips with that. You have to realize that what you're doing may not be quite what you thought you were doing. Yeah, absolutely. And so, Uh, uh, and then taking it a step further and just saying, look, uh, and believe me, this, this was something that I had to relearn myself because forever, I mean, I've been doing this for a really long time. I've been doing diagnostics on athletes for close to 30 years now. And I'm, you know, I'm guilty as anybody when I prescribe workouts where I'd say, okay, here's, uh, you know, your aerobic conditioning is going to be 80% of what you're doing for a while. And then, you know, your intensity is going to follow or whatever. I went down that rabbit hole with the rest of them. Um, and it, it, it took me a while to finally learn that why not be more inclusive? Why not? Respect heart rate responses, but at the same time, allow yourself a little liberty. So I'm going to go out and run. Things are starting to feel pretty good to me. Make a move. I'll start to punch it up a little bit. Accelerate. It starts to get a little you know, uh, tenuous, and so you back off a little bit, get a gulp of air, maybe try it again. You find the second time you attempt it, it's actually easier than the first time you attempted it. Yes. Yeah, yes. so you start that noticing that... That was today. That was day nine today. Yes, that happened. You, you start getting into a flow and you, you get into this flow state and you start to trust your perception of what you're capable or incapable of doing. So, yeah. you know, I've been coaching athletes for a really long time. And what ends up happening is you're writing program. People are following the script and they're doing the work and they're doing the work and they show, show up at a race and all of that shit goes out the window. They just toss it all and just try to catch the guy in front of them okay, or try to evade the guy behind them. And so there, there's no there's no rhyme or reason left in them. And they're, all it is is, you know, they're like a rabbit being chased by a dog. They're trying, they're trying to do the best they can to, to either show up first or not be last. And so what, what the, the, the flow style training does is it prepares you to answer the call, whatever it might be, you you're there for it. If you want to control the the game and you feel confident that you know you're you know you're essentially an LT based run is comfortable for you for say 20 minutes or so, and then you still know you have gas if you want to punch it up, you can do it. When to recover, when not to recover, but it's all been inclusive. So you've been there, you've been there before. Like you were saying, you know, you know, you you you're gonna you're gonna train like you're gonna fight, right? And fight yeah. like you're going to train, right? So it's it's kind of, you're prepared. Now, mind you, I want to be clear that I'm not suggesting that every time you go out for a run, 
it turns into a little race. But you are visiting all the various intensities. And you can yeah. still, as you probably figured out, and I, I've kind of made that clear in the 30-day program, is by the end of the week, when you the tail of the tape is, wow, 65% of what I did this week was aerobic. So the dominant influence in the week was still aerobic. But I still visited all these various intensities, and that was beneficial to me every time I went out and worked out. So I didn't leave anything off the table in a given day, hoping that maybe I'll catch up and get it done two weeks from now. <laughs> or a couple months from now. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I just, when I finally was able to understand it and put it to, put it to print, it really was a, a, a dynamic shift for me. I, I just, it just like, wow, I wish I'd known this 10 years ago, right? Well, I mean, the closest thing that I can give a name to it is, is and it's probably the wrong name, but um, is, is interval training. You know, uh, during the week, my son will set up some, some training stuff for me. It'll, you know, first, day will be aerobic and then the next day you know i'll do some speed work but it's segmented that way there's no there's not both in the same day it's today is aerobic tomorrow i'll do some you know 200s at the track or 400s at the track you know and then the next day is is strength training so it was always segmented always linear like that and it gained it, it, i got marginal i shouldn't say marginal. i got a lot of great benefits from it but again i i can't for me, at 59 years old, I think anything is going to be a benefit at this stage of my training in my life because, it, you know, I have the advantage now of having learned how to run properly and, you know, lift properly and all these other things, you know, train properly so I don't get hurt because I'm want i in this for, you know, for life, not just for fun and not just for uh, exercise and hanging out with people, but, you know, because I don't, I don't like getting hurt. I've been hurt enough in my, my life because of the stupid things that I've done. So, and I'll tell you what, you know, back to your, your earlier point about um, training for, for gait analysis. After your clinic, my son and I videotaped each other for months. It was the most painful thing I ever went through because every day he'd say, see, look, look, see right here, you're still heel striking and over striking. <laughs> no, but it, it finally worked you know it, it, it just takes that kind of time it uh, does it does for many people and uh my heart goes out to people when i know they're trying really hard to get it right and they just have not gotten this renewed perception of their efforts and it really comes down to that it's like you know i, I have people I, I i'll tell them i'll cue them to go onto their toes and of course i don't want them on their toes yeah. but they needed to have that mental shift in order to mitigate their landing to find the, the, the space that I really hoped for them to land. And then yeah. it ends up being correct. Uh, and so it's almost like if someone was to listen to me cue someone like that, I could give them the worst advice in the world because I wasn't talking to them. I was talking to the person that their perception was skewed. So, yeah. you know, the guy goes around running on his toes because Richard Diaz said, run on your toes. <laughs> you know. So, so um, but anyway... It was, it was kind of fun. I, I can tell you that just some of the experiences I've had with my own clients that have been doing the program, uh, I'm writing the workouts for them, but they, they've come to really understand what, what the flow concept means to them. So I always give them a timeline. I'll say, look, we're going to go 90 minutes and we're going to, and I have maybe various intensities of flow. And, and they'll just, you know, I don't, I don't school them on, okay, I want to make sure that you spent the first 10 minutes doing this and the next five minutes doing that. I want them to take liberty with their, their running and allow their body to kind of dictate when the time is right to do whatever it is they're trying to do. And, okay. and I think that the biggest mistake in my career has been to try to put a square peg in a round hole. Some people do really well going out hot early. Some people need a lot of time to warm up. Um, some people... You know, they, they don't even start to feel good until they're an hour and a half deep into a, an effort, you know. Yeah. So respecting that, that attribute, that, that, uh, that intuition that you have is important. And, and I'll tell you what, in my experience, so the, the last mile time trial that I did with my son just before he went off to, uh, to Marine Corps boot camp uh, was 
was proof of that. Um, I hate mile time trials. I think everybody does. They're kind of scary because they don't feel good. Perception wise, they suck, you know, and your mind, my mind tells me I, you can't do this. There's no way you're going to PR this. You're not going to, you know, blah, 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 blah. But he, my son would just keep, look, trust the process. I've taken you through this. You've already demonstrated it, that you can do this, you know, in the progressions that we've worked through. And so when we get out there on the track, you know, and, and you get to that point where you're about, um, you know, three quarters of the way through it and you just want to slow down and catch your breath and feel better. He's like, you know, you've got this in the tank now and he'd just start calling out. He says, trust the process. Keep following, you know, I, I hate to say the prescription, you know, but knowing that because I was able to do uh, the, the flow, the flows, I'll call them flows from here yeah. because I was able to do those things. I knew mentally then, like, despite how I felt physiologically, I knew mentally that I could, that I could have, that I could do it. And I did. So like today on, on day nine. All right. So what was today? I was, it was the second half and it's like, okay, what are we doing? We're running, um, all these VO2 maxes at the end. <laughs> and um, so, okay, we're at a, at a high level aerobic for five minutes uh, and then uh, step it up a little bit to an anaerobic, uh, a lower anaerobic and then a high anaerobic and then right into a VO2 max. That scared the crap out of me before I started doing it. I'm just looking at this piece of paper as I'm running around. I'm like, oh gosh, I'm up to step five now. The next one is going to suck really bad. And then my brain just said, no, trust the process. This works. And like you said earlier on, yes, it works. And I did it. And I did it faster and better and more comfortably than the first set earlier in the run. Well, you, you see, the, your body responds, right? You, you start yeah. to develop some intuition in your, internally. So your central nervous system gives you a hall pass. When you survive the one episode, your body says, okay, didn't kill, <laughs> kill us. You, you know, there's a good chance that we can do this again. And you get liberty. And, and you'll start okay. noticing that your body starts to become more responsive. And yeah. the way your body processes the lactate, too. So, okay. again, going back to this segregated training is like you stay away from that lactate. And then the next week you try to bathe yourself in it. Uh, your body's going, yeah. what the hell is this? You know, right, and it, right, it's right. very toxic. So right. infusing lactate into your system. And that's going to only happen by being anaerobic. You, your body starts to develop pathways in order to push this lactate out of the working muscle. Uh, and potentially, the longer you go, the, the more likely you're going to start to draw that lactate back in, from the liver back into the working muscle. And it starts to support you. And I, I call it like an energy rebate. You start to get back energy from the energy expended. And this becomes yeah, very powerful excited. when you're going long. And I'm really excited to start to learn that too. I, you know, I, I'm to start to experience that more and more because that's that's going to be new for me. So that'll be really cool. I'm looking forward to that. Well, the the longer the longer the workouts become, and the more time you stay at those greater levels of intensity, you're going to start to rely on that lactate. Your body's going to start developing a capacity to use it. And again, this is where I think this is a mistake for a lot of guys that are just trying to do ultras. They just hold their heart rate, you know, flat. And they keep their pace way, way down. And all they're hoping to do is survive the distance. And I think that what ends up happening is your gait pattern starts to get shallower as time goes on. And you're forced to run slower. And if you needed to find another gear, you're, you're mechanically incapable of looking for it. It's not going to be there for you. Or it's going to come at a really big expense. So again, this expansion and contraction of the work over the course of the, the, the training sessions is powerful stuff. It just allows you to snap into a gear that that uh, I think is absent for a lot of guys that are trying to to do traditional training. And realize that I'm like bucking the system. There's guys that have been following these principles of a linear periodization forever, you know. Mm -hmm. And the old and I had a I did a podcast with uh, I think it was uh, Phil Maffetone. I don't know. It's probably been about four years ago. And uh, he and I were discussing because, you know, he he's really big on aerobic conditioning and what have you. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we were discussing uh, Arthur Lydiard. And Maffetone told me that he actually had Lydiard as a patient because because oh. uh, Maffetone's a, a, a chiropractor. Oh, 
And he okay. had Arthur Lydiard in his office as a patient. And he actually, back then, before there was polar heart rate monitors, there were, you know, uh, clinical grade um, halters for heart yeah. rate monitoring. And he was talking to, to Lydiard about, you know, you know, you're talking about base training, whatever. Put this heart rate monitor on and, you know, see what about this? And he wasn't going to have it. Yeah, no, that's, I don't see that, you know, being a thing. And All that's right. how far back Lydiard was. So the guy that was like, the broader the, the base, the higher the peak, you know, sounds really good on paper. But I think the, the broader the base, the further out you need to be before you actually achieve that peak. And there's going to be a lot of work you do in the middle. It's going to help you divorce yourself from the, the base. Yeah. And it's real. It's kind of a quagmire if you think about it. But when you go back far enough, there really wasn't much in the way of structured training principles. You know, guys just went out and beat the shit out of themselves, right? Yeah. And you know, the first guy to the to the finish line wins. And and um, you know, strategically deciding to have structure in your process was good. It worked. It was better yeah. for people than what they had done in the past. But I think this is this concept is a little bit more advanced, I guess, if you're going to give it a term, because it's yeah. it's evolving. I guess that's a better word. You're evolving away from those those very basic fundamentals and trying to expand your horizons and get a little bit more uh, intuition involved with the work. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's a lonely place when you sit down and try to scratch out a process that uh, is no man's land. Nobody's ever talked to you about it before you're not you're not read you didn't read it somewhere and got this great idea and thought you'd glam on to this great idea and then write a book it, you yeah. know it, it was me sitting down there and really look at it, i pulled most of my hair out for about four years trying to figure this out and everybody kept saying why aren't you right how come you didn't write that book yet you've been talking about this book and it was bothering me that it just wasn't it just wasn't there right yeah. It yeah. just I just mentally was not prepared to cut to cut it loose. And uh, ironically, a complete polar opposite direction. I started doing some stuff with uh, CrossFit, you know, right. which I mean, that's so far away from my wheelhouse, you know, to to high intensity, short duration weightlifting. That's so far away from my world. Yeah. Um, but I wrote a training program for these guys and it was based on the same principles that you're doing. And started okay. seeing incredible results for these guys. Not only were they lifting more, they were able to sustain the work without ending up on the ground after the workout. And I mean, I've got I've got people I've been quoting scripture from guys that have sent me emails that are completely blown away. I got one guy that showed me in eight weeks his lifts improved by two hundred and eighty five percent. Wow, unbelievable! The, matter of fact, the guy wrote me was from Switzerland. And the guy's got a master's degree in exercise science. And he was scratching his head. He goes, I don't know what the hell it is that you came up with. He said, but I, I, I can't believe how much difference it made. And I have some other people. I mean, it, there's been lots of people that have done the program. But it took that for me to really identify what was missing. And that's when I started to really hone in on this process because it made to me it made more sense for an endurance athlete than it would a high intensity athlete sure but but principally the concept of flowing works regardless of the level of intensity or the distance or duration of the event it seems like it should yeah and you know i, I think over time and data and hopefully people are going to you know either get the book and and do the work or they're, they're just going to you know, go to your clinics and learn this and you're going to get more and more data to just continue to, to, to evolve this and, and, you know, put the burden of proof, uh, right, right in your backyard, you know, and people are going to start to pay attention. Like, <laughs> whoa. Yeah. Well, I, so, I mean, I, this is why you're here. It's because I, I know that people don't want to hear it from me. I wrote a book. They assume that I'm going to plug my book and I'm going to talk all wonderful about my book. But yeah. really, the proof is in the pudding. When when someone like you, and incidentally, you know, you know, not to to take a shot at your age. I mean, you realize I'm I'm nine years older than you are. I yeah. mean, here you are, you know, a 59 year old man. You took these concepts, put it to work. You, you, as you just kind of professed that your your volume is up, your capacity to take on intensity is greater, and you're yeah. you're nine days, nine days into a process, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's true. And, you know, so I'm also a guy with a, a lot of pre-existing conditions, as you and I have talked about, and yeah. I've had to learn a lot of things to, to compensate for that. And, and, you know, that's, that's part of what I deal with, you know, to stay injury free, but, um, that's, that's just life. Everybody's got to know their own body and what they're capable of and, and, and go with it, you know? So if you, if you're sitting in a bar having a beer with uh, some friends and you, you know, brought up this book, would you, what would you suggest to them? If they were, if they were racing and whatever, what, would you, would you feel comfortable telling them this might be something they might want to do or uh, well, how I'll would you feel about it? I'll one even better. So um, a month ago, uh, two friends that, that I, that I, that I work out with and we train together. Um, I said, Hey, you know, why don't, why don't we uh, go over to the track and do a gate analysis? Cause I've learned a lot of really cool stuff from this guy, Richard Diaz. And they're like, yeah, okay, fine. So, you know, whipped out the, the, the cell phone video and we did all that great stuff and they were all horrendous overstrider heel strikers. And they didn't believe it at first, you know, um, because of perceptions and all that kind of thing that we've talked about. Um, but the proof was in the video. So I started taking through all the, the little MSDs and other things to, uh, you know, the analysis corrections that you've, that you taught us. And, you know, for the first time I, I, I learned by helping somebody else, your feeling of, Hey, there you go. Fixed you. Right. And it was pretty cool. Um, and, and they knew it, they knew they'd been fixed, you know, and autumn and right away they could feel the difference. And I said, now I'll see you again in two weeks, but here's what I want you to do to continue to reinforce that. So we met again yesterday and, uh, um, I threw him right into where I was, which was what I uh, day eight of this, of this thing. So we were doing hill work yesterday and kicked their ass. But again, there, the, the point is, is that they were still mechanically they, they'd learned some stuff and they were self-correcting and they were doing the right things and figuring it out. And, and so we would stop and, 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 uh, analyze every few moments after, a, after a, a, a session, like, especially after the, the, the hill repeats. And I say now, you know, what worked, what didn't work and, you know, what, and, and it's consistently, the same, the, the same feedback from both of them. Yes, this works. The form, the mechanics, and they weren't perfect, you know, but it was working for them. They were, they were hooked. And so I said, well, here's what you need to get then to keep going. And I sent them the link. And uh, I've been talking to a whole bunch of people at work. Cause I, you know, I, a lot of guys at work um, do Spartan races with me because I've invited them over the years. And so I'm telling everybody, you know, this is what I'm doing now. And, uh, watch what happens. Guy, uh, you know, one guy, one guy, actually one guy, Ryan, Ryan Hardung bought, bought the book yesterday. The, uh, the revelation you're going to have in about, well, probably about the end of the month, as you know, the workouts are not easy. There's nothing about it. that's no. like, Oh boy, it's this is really, easy. you know, <laughs> they're challenging workouts, they're but they should, they should not be more challenging than you're capable of. So right. again, this is where the freestyle you spoke of is going to come in handy. When you start to address the workouts more akin to the way your body's responding as opposed to the way I wrote the workout, that's yeah. when you're going to have this epiphany where things are really going to start to happen. So yeah. I, I, I can appreciate your approach. Uh, it's kind of like a primer. You know, you're getting a chance to you know, wrap yeah. your head around what I'm trying to create for you and I, then a, having a little bit more... You know, levity to to make your own adjustments to the work is going to be is going yeah. to be really important. And yep. uh, when you get to that place, it's that's when it's going to really be cool because you start noticing that your efforts are going to be much less taxing, and the production is going to be greater. You're going to be able to run faster, further, at less expense, and you're you're not going to be as put out the following day. And I'll share with you, I've got a couple of clients that have been doing these workouts for a couple of years now. Yeah. And uh, uh, one client in particular, I'm not going to throw her name out there just yet, but uh, <laughs> I'm looking at data, right? I'm looking at the outcome of her workouts. And she, because she's an ultra distance athlete, okay. I could see where she'll go out for a two hour run. Her cadence is spot on and she's reduced 
the the time to cover the distance dramatically over say six months ago because sure. i can pull up the data from six months ago the same workout structure same heart rate and she would went, went from say an average nine minute mile to like a 730 mile uh, yep. and cadence hasn't changed yep. and you know it and the heart rate hasn't changed she's actually she's actually paying wholesale i like to refer to it as paying wholesale it's gotten nice. that dynamic for her and i've i've got a couple other people again i'm, I'm not going to start dropping names here but I've got people that are out there doing this and it's really making a big difference. It, it took me a little while to get this into VJ's head. And he's, he's now, I mean, VJ has been to every one of my clinics in California, every mm -hmm. one of them. He, I think he's uh, uh, the last four or five clinics we did. He, he was there and it keeps coming because he says, every time he comes, he learns a little something new and yeah. he starts to apply it. And yeah. uh, I can tell you, I thought that uh, last year was going to be the year that uh, he was going to show the world what he's capable of. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously enough, we, we were robbed of all those races. Um, but I promise you, watch what happens in Jacksonville. I'm going to be really, really surprised if anybody's able to beat him in Jacksonville. Okay. Anything between uh, a stadium race to a super race you're fighting for second or third place. I just don't think there's anybody out there that has the skill sets and the capacity running wise to beat him right now. And he's been eating this, this Kool-Aid with a, with a fork. I mean, he's been all over this stuff and, and it's really starting to show up. Cool. So uh, I'm an evidence-based guy, you know, just because I wrote it doesn't mean it's true. It's not true until guys like you come out and say, Whoa, I'm doing this and it's working for me. And when I start getting these feedbacks, I could very easily be getting alternate feedback. I could have somebody saying, hey, I did this program. It sucks. You know, I try to do this. This sucks. I don't know how you could possibly do it. You know, I could get negative feedback just as well, and I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Well, because like you said, these are hard workouts. And if there's people I would never dream of giving this to right away when they're just starting out because it would break them. And I don't want to break people. and You don't want to break people. So, you know, there's there's a bit of wisdom you know involved here but. well but uh, so so let me just offer you that if if they listen to what i say in the book they shouldn't get down that rabbit hole they shouldn't be in trouble because it i i keep over and over suggesting to allow your perception to dictate now again because i needed to give that a personality type a script i gave them a script and uh yeah if you follow my script yeah, you better bring your guns because it's it's not going to be a cakewalk, no question about it. Well, I even told you last week I had to dial way back because, you know, when I first when I just started, I was only running, you know, 11 to 15 miles a week, you know, and all of it was aerobic. So to to suddenly dial it up and intensify this thing was insanity to me. But it wasn't because I understood the science that, you know, I was and that, that attracted me. And, and also the data, I could see the responses from what I was doing to understand that I could do it and it wouldn't be a problem. And in the areas where I knew I needed to, to back off uh, initially just because of the, of the added volume, you know, fine. And then I can always you know ramp that up, if, you know, next week or the week after when, when my body says, yeah, go ahead. I've got guys that were uh, in, in the training program I'm running right now. I have a group training program that we've been doing a lot of this work. And there's about uh, 30 athletes in that program. And they're all doing these workouts. Mm -hmm. And uh, the majority of these people, and I say the majority because, you know, like any, you, if you put 50 people in a room, you're going to get 25 people that adapt and you're going to get 25 people that they want to do yeah, something you else, right? Yeah, curve, sure. Right. But um, the people that are doing the work, the volume in their training is doubled and sometimes almost tripled. Mm -hmm. And it's not because I'm prescribing a particular distance. I'm prescribing time. So when you, when yeah. if you have six hours worth of training in the week running and it used to give you 30 and now it's giving you 40, what happened? Because I'm not yeah. saying to run further. I'm saying to when you become more efficient, your economy goes up. You're able to cover more distance for the for over the same type of time frames, yep. and we're Definitely. seeing that. You know, yep. I, literally, I've got people that are, they're blown away. They're going, "Man, I never thought I'd ever run 40 miles in a week." You know, I'm used to running yeah. 20 miles. 
And I got guys pushing up on 60, 65 miles in a week worth of training. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm not going after any of that because, you know, I'm training for the, the, the Spartan sprint. That's my distance. Yeah. So I don't know if 50 or 60 miles is what well, no, I need. No, I, I don't. I would not suggest it for a minute that that's how, how many miles you should run in a week. I think the amount of volume uh, for an athlete's relative to the individual and, and their yeah. and their demands. Right. So, for example, I, I've got athletes that I just know that if we take them to, and they'll do it. If I say, look, I want you to be here, they'll go there. Um, but usually, you know, from from experience with them, I, I know, well, you know, I like you at about 45. You know, somewhere in the and these are athletes that are going to go across the board. They're going to do beast distance events. They're going to do sprints. So yeah. keeping them around 45 is a pretty safe place. So if I need yeah. to punch them up a little bit because they're going to go long, we can do that. If we need to back them off and up the intensity a little bit, we can do that. But uh, I don't I don't prescribe more is always better, especially at your age. You, you, you don't want. You, well, seriously, I mean, trust me. Oh, I mean, yeah, uh, you, you don't need to, to try to bust out a 50 mile week. No. Uh, just because you read it, right? It's just a that's just a bad plan. No, right now I'm at uh, 19 and a half miles for the last seven days. Nice, and that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. And if it's if it ends up being a little bit more, which you know, it will. I, I will. I bet you before. I'll bet you before the 30 days is up. If you just continue to follow that script, you'll end up with closer to 30 miles in the week, and you won't Probably. feel any worse. You won't feel any worse for wear than you do today. That's that's my expectation so far based on yeah. what I've experienced. So we're talking basically triple, uh, triple the volume that you came into this thing inside of a month. That's a heavy prediction, but I, come back to me and let me know if I was crazy, because yeah. I'm going to bet you you're going to be surprised. You're going, wow, I can't believe I'm running this this much and I, and I'm not that much more put out by it and 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 it's working. Yeah, and I mean that'll all be nice, but but that's not really what I'm after. You know, my, I'm I'm after you know kicking some ass on the on the sprint well, it's performance stadium. i get it yeah. i mean your, your yardstick is performing if you can win your age group that's a that's that's a winner right and whatever it is that's going to take you to that end, po end point is what we're after so you know it's not a contest to see who could put in the most work no it's the right kind of work yeah quite frankly if you could do it for less you know i had the hunter mcintyre was here this morning i'm working with him right now and he's gonna run he's running a marathon uh, on Saturday, right? Wow. And he decided he decided to run this marathon a week ago on a whim. I said, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> so we were we were to we were laughing about it this morning. I said, you know, I'm writing a 20 week marathon program right now. I said, what am I doing? We've got this nailed. So it's a six day marathon training plan. <laughs> Just show up one day, get three <laughs> runs in, and throw your ass out there and see if you could survive. If it was anybody else, I would say you're crazy. But Hunter, yeah, okay, that he's an anomaly. Well, well, we're looking to break three hours. I think you know he's over 200 pounds. If he can yeah. get under three hours in a marathon with, uh, you know, not even a moderate amount of work, he's got zero investment in this from a training perspective, other than yeah. to cut. But you know what he did? He said, "Look, I want to come see you a couple days before this race simply because I want you to make sure that my mechanics are on point." Because if Absolutely. I keep if I keep my mechanics on point, I'm not going to survive. It's not going to be brutal for me. So that's what we did this morning. And for a man like him to do what he does, you know, it, it, like the Murph record and stuff, is just phenomenal. You know, to get that kind of speed and have that much in the tank, you know, to do that is just. I've been was, following him for years, you know, watching him back on Broken Skull. I knew he would go the full season before it was over, and I knew he was going to make a lot of money, and nobody was going to touch him. He was, you know, he's a, he's a brilliant athlete, and he's got a brilliant coach, obviously, that, that's, you know. We were talking about this morning. I, I, I went back through my catalog. I've got VO2 tests on him since 2015. Wow. And uh, we've been interacting before then even. You know, his his bread and butter right now is the High Rocks competitions. Uh -huh. And I just really don't think anybody's going to beat him in High Rocks. I just don't. I don't know of anyone. I mean, there's always somebody, right? But uh, right now, it just doesn't it's look his, good. Yeah. I mean, it's his. Yeah. He's there's just no going to get better. And uh, what he's doing right now is well enough to beat anybody in the world. And he's, yeah. he's proven that. So it's just unfortunate. So let me ask you. I'm sorry? 
So I was going to ask you a question about that because, you know, this is all leading to something that's been on my mind and, and it's not in the book, but uh, I know you'll be into this. Is the, And, you know, the, the heart rate is following a response mechanism to the induced uh, work that it's given to do. And it's great to see that effect. It's, it's exciting to see that effect. I love the data, you know. But what I'm after is one of two things. One of them is going to sound reasonable. The other is going to sound like, what? But on demand, okay? I want to be able to, just like if I was a weightlifter uh, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm maxing out my reps and I'm at that very last one where I'm struggling, but I've got to get that full range of motion. I've got to get that last rep. And your mind tells your, your biceps, finish that last curl and, you know, give it that oomph, you know, in, in martial arts, you know, give it that key up and give it all you got kind of a thing. And lo and behold, you finish off the last rep that I'm, I'm calling that on demand so that, you know, Hey, I'm in a, I'm in a race and, uh, I, my body is, has been able to do all these performance things that I'm used to in, in the flows here. And now I'm getting to the, to the finish line. I got two more obstacles. Um, they're gimme obstacles like a rope climb. So I know I'm not going to burpee out. Uh, I get the rope climb and then I got to haul ass down to the finish line. Right. And hope that there's enough left in the tank. So now I'm saying on demand, I've got to go VO2 max. You know, I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to say, instead of just following the, the prescription things, I want to be able to say, all right, it's time to put it in here. Okay, now it's time to back it off here. Okay, now it's time to do this. So I, I, want, to, I want to be able to establish that mental to physical connection to say, all right, okay, heart, do this. Here's the but. But is, as you know, the heart is an autonomous muscle. It doesn't behave in any other way than, than it does autonomously. But, you know, there's a lot of, uh, and here's the weird part, okay? Um, you and I know, and, and others know, that there's there are metaphysical practices where, you you know, through meditation or whatever, where you can slow your breathing, you can slow your heart rate, you can drop your body temperature or raise it. What about those kind of demands to, like, suppose you're at, you're at that, that finish line and you say, all right, it's VO2 max time, but I really want to keep it down at, you know, anaerobic. Forget dying in VO2 max for two minutes. I, I want to. I want my heart rate to drop way down, and I want to be able to do it because I told it to do it, and finish the race that way. Does that make so, sense? Well, I'm trying to understand what the question is. I want to know if you've thought about that and whether or not that kind of thing that that next level is is achievable in in this kind of training. Well, you know, you talk about metaphysical and, you know, obviously there are guys out there that are doing some pretty profound things with their bodies uh, that just are difficult to explain. Uh, a good example would be Wim Hof. Yeah. You know, you know, here's a guy that's, you know, swimming in frozen water. <laughs> right, right. Running up a mountain in his board shorts, almost naked. Anybody can do it, right? <laughs> and, and so, you know, there's, there's certainly something to do with it. And, and but... But you understand the central nervous system is basically what you would refer to as developing on demand. And the central nervous system really needs an education. You have to mm -hmm. teach it that it's okay because its principal occupation is to keep you from death. And when you present a threat, your central nervous system, the alarms go off and it starts to shut you down, tries to keep you from injuring yourself. So there needs to be a very tight relationship between capacity and allowance. And I think that with time, you could pretty much create that. Now, to suggest that you can do a maximal effort without any more than minimal heart rate, I don't know that that's going to happen, but you could definitely improve the capacity to, to function at really high intensities without having your heart go into red line. So you, you, the practice would have to be to lower the, the physiological cost of work, which is going to allow the heart rate not to try to meet the demand. So lower the demand, lower the heart rate, uh, and also get the allowance from the central nervous system to produce that work. So what do I know about all that? I don't know. I mean, you, you, know, you talk about martial arts. I have many, many friends 
that are my brother for one is a seventh degree black belt in martial arts. He's, he's been in martial arts uh, for, for better than half of his life. And uh, he does some crazy things. And I'm like, hard to explain. How did you do that? Really? Did you just, you just jumped up in the air, broke six, the boards landed in broken glass with your feet without cutting yourself. How did you, how did you make that work? You know, and it, but there's, there's an adaptive response uh, and you could call it metaphysical if you want to, but I think yeah. it's a function of teaching your body to uh, requiesce to the demands without being in jeopardy. And that's yeah. what the problem is with most people is when they tax themselves, that triggers this fight or flight mechanism that causes everything to go into a frenzy. And that's why they, they fail. They, they can't continue. They, they uh, give up the next time. Well, they give up during the time they try to, oh, okay. you know, it's like, so there's a, there's, a, by the way, we talked about this briefly. You said, you know, trying to reach for that VO2 max effort and you were a little nervous about it. And the second time around, it came easier. Well, yeah. that's evidence of what we're discussing right now is that that was you finally aligning yourself in a way that your central nervous system gave you that hall pass. And then the cost of work actually was reduced. Uh, so you're able to produce more work without being overly taxed. So that's fishing down that same kind of pond, I think. Well, maybe. I, I mean, it's still a response to an autonomous system. What I'm thinking is more like, okay, I know the finish line is coming up and now I want to tell myself, open it up, but drop that heart rate way down. I, I want to mentally tell myself, not, not accept that, okay, I can do it and I know my heart will respond, but I want to make it happen rather than have it, re have it, respondingly happen, whatever the right word is there. Well, I'll tell you what, that's a magical moment. If you can make that happen, you've got to share that with me. That's a book in itself because yeah. uh, that's obviously, that would be the holy grail of all kinds of, of uh, athleticism right there. More <laughs> more work, less money. <laughs> Spend yeah. less, get more. That's, yeah. that's, that's what everybody's looking for. Uh, hopefully that, you know, I'm scratching the surface on a, on a process like that. I don't know. Oh, it's groundbreaking, man. Yeah. Yeah. Keep going. But, well, again, uh, you know, you're, you, you're right. I mean, it seems like a far-fetched statement to make, but who knows? I mean, there are people that are going to, they're going to, they're going to define themselves through experimenting with themselves. Mm -hmm. as a, and that's why I'm, I'm, I was so bent on not trying to create a script and, and just giving people a process. So understand what you're trying to achieve, understand what the mechanisms that need to be in play and try to, amalgamate those circumstances in such a way that you can you can produce more work at less expense bottom line and perform better that's that's well, that's what we're all doing. that's what we're all chasing right it's definitely doing that there's yeah. no question in my mind well cool larry thank you uh for spending some time with me i i appreciate Absolutely. that you've you've braved this and you're you know you're <laughs> still a little early in this but uh uh, evidence being that I haven't killed you yet, so there must be something there. And still uh, alive. thank you again for, for taking the time. Enjoy it every minute. Thank you, Richard. Appreciate right. it. Well, that's it, folks. If you enjoyed what you heard just now, I'd love for you to follow us on Instagram at D-I-A-Z-H-P. Till next time.